Today we are going to talk about Gulliver's Travels. It is actually one of the most interesting stories that we are going to find in 17th century literature. Why? Well, precisely the author, uh, Jonathan Swift, he was born in 1667, he died in 16, 1745. He's the main uh, representation of literary satire in English literature. His sarcastic style is so embedded that his own last name has become an adjective. Now, what is, uh, what's the deal with Gulliver's Travels? Well, first of all, the first two trips that Lemuel Gulliver takes are just a reflex of the other. In the first one, he's going to find the inhabitants of the Lilliput Island. They're tiny people, nearly six inches high. While on the other place, Brobdingnag, they are huge, nearly 70 feet tall. This is how Gulliver, who had been a giant in the first place, becomes sort of a, a doll, okay? A pet in the other island. The third trip is going to take him to the flying island of Laputa, okay? Which is the country of the Balni Brabi. The necromancers of the island of Glubdibrib and the kingdom of Lugnog where we are going to find the Strulbrugs, who are immortal uh, beings, but very senile. In his last trip, the fourth one, Gulliver is going to be dragged into the land of the Huihims. The Huihims are intelligent horses, and also the Yahoos, who are a dirty, dangerous, and incorrectable parody of the human beings. In every moment, Swift is going to intermix the wonderful with the satire. Um, even though uh, the last aspect is the one that dominates, the satire. The first journey that Gulliver undertakes is the most familiar one and is the one that has much more adaptations, uh, the one when he goes to Lilliput. We don't hear much about the rest of his trips. Mostly, all of his story in regards to the Lilliputians has to do with issues related to size, how Gulliver is fed, how they try to control him, uh, and the numbers uh, that, that he performs before the king and his court. However, despite the size issue, okay, the land of Lilliput is mainly identical to England. It has sheep, Uh, cows, horses, trees, vegetation, everything, of course, in, in a proportional size to the Lilliputians, okay? Uh, its social system is very similar to that of the contemporary Britain uh, that Swift actually makes fun of. Brobdingnag has similar effects uh, on the reader, although in an opposite way, because Gulliver is in serious problems uh, when he faces rats that uh, are the size of a, of a dog or flies that look like birds or domestic cats that are like lions or dogs that are like elephants. So Swift is going to make a comparison between size and virtue. 
while the Lilliputian court is essentially ridiculous, <laughs> uh, it is these uh, these two different parties that actually feed the satire that he um, that Swift undertakes against the British court. In Bromdignac, the satire comes from the attempts uh, that Gulliver will do to impress the king with his tales of the British power and skills. So, um, even when he talks about uh, about dynamite and, and about the use of powder in order to create guns, he only gets the king to actually despise such uh, such uses of uh, power. Now, in the third trip, uh, Swift's uh, satire becomes a little bit erratic. The island of Laputa is floating because of a giant magnet, and its inhabitants only respect mathematics and music, but completely lack all sense of practicality. They are so embedded into using shakers, okay, which by means of little soft uh, stumps on the ear or the mouth, they're going to indicate when it is your time to speak or to listen. Um, those who are in the lower island are considered to be inferior because they have uh, started an academy to perform all kinds of ridiculous scientific experiments. Um, And this is a satire of the Royal Society that was founded in 1660. One of the founding members of this Royal Society in England, John Wilkins, had written an essay towards a real character in a philosophical language. That was in 1668. And he insisted that such institution would use objective language to describe experiments um, that were being done generally. Um, in the fourth trip, uh, Swift's misanthropy seems to have filtered into Gulliver. Now, the Hoi hymns, uh, which is very much like the The, the way that you would that a horse would sound in English or the representation of such sound, they're educated, intelligent, and virtuous. Well, the yahoos seem to be uh, of an in, unspeakable nature. Finally, when Gulliver goes back home, he can barely tolerate the company of human beings, including his own wife. So he is going to sit talking to his horses all day long. And there's different opinions in regards to how serious these critics, uh, criticisms are to humanity. So Gulliver's Travels has led to many uh, adaptations in the movies and also, of course, TVs. And there have been different uh, movies made out of these four stories. Uh, I'm hoping that you will be able to appreciate the satire behind the story because it's not a children's story per se. It's actually a very strong satire, um, a representation of mockery against uh, the society of those days. Um, 
Today we are going to be looking into 17th century literature and how it influenced greatly on our writers. Okay, so I hope you enjoy it. Have a good day.